This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy and Airflow Anthony. Good morning, boys. <clears throat> Nick, we did it. We did. We made it in today, and Nick, we have a lot of a lot of cars and not cars to talk about. Um, did you see the celebration from our podcast partner, Podbean? Yeah, we need to, to pop some bottles. We got, uh, <laughs> they sent us a note saying you uh, you have 200 episodes. Yeah. And you're clogging right. our system. Way to go. Too many people are coming to us. Please stop it. Yeah, you're breaking our servers. Yeah. With too um, many downloads. Well, the downloads aren't huge, but the streaming listens are huge. Uh, people don't want, to, they don't want to keep us. They want to. They want to have us in their homes for just a temporary two hours. They don't experience it live. No, they. They. they yeah, they do. They want it. They want it temporarily, and then they want it out. Well, that's that's about right. Two hours, because yeah. after that, I'm done hosting. They like want. I'm, I'm, <laughs> done, I'm done being funny. They want a casual date, yeah. and then they're like, "Get out. Nothing we don't want serious. our kids. We don't want our kids to see you. This is not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is. Not, <laughs> I haven't told my ex about you yet. Yeah. The kids don't know. Leave. Um. So <laughs> you can come in temporarily. Uh, but that's nice. Two hundred episodes. What they don't know is the show's been on the air for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and not all the episodes are up there because you definitely don't want to see some of the old, hear some of the old ones. Oh, talking about seeing. Hi, wave, wave to the camera. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> We're um, alive. You can see Automatic Andy and and myself, Nick Miles. You you can't see air air filter. Um, there's copyright against him. So you're not allowed to see one of those faces. Yeah. Yeah. He has a copyrighted face. Yeah. His dad's <laughs> Prince. So we had to sign an NDA. Yeah. Um, so the Prince's estate doesn't allow his face to be shown. But if you go online, you can see pr- pictures of him. Um, and, you know, he's like pretty identical to Prince. Yeah. You guys have the so, same chin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty it's a good looking chin. And, well, I'd like to see it, but it's I'm covered, hiding it. It's covered in hair. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> yeah. Someday. Uh, so there you go. Uh, 200 episodes are online. You can listen to them at ourautoexpert.com. We have a packed show. I was in Texas this week. Yeehaw. And uh, I saw uh, several cars revealed for the first time by Toyota and Lexus. They had the new RX, which I have to say, if you want to see it, by the way, there's a video of it at Our Auto Expert online. Um, I got to see the reveal. It's really different from their best-selling Lexus of all time. Really different. We're going to have Lexus on today to talk about it. It's not what I expected from Lexus at all. I really like the front end. And just to to really mess us up a little bit, Lexus also revealed um, their new RZ, which is their all-electric elect- all version. I guess it would have been of the R, um, the RX. So they sort mm. of rolled out the electric version, but it's just a concept right now. I bet it'll be here towards the end of the year. I think this is the vehicle I drove in 2019 in, in Japan, which oh. is my favorite con- uh, c- uh, country of the, of the world right now. I just love Japan. 
and I've visited it several times. Amazing culture, amazing people. Um, but they rolled that out. And then there was all these different models. Um, they had the Corolla Cross Hybrid. Ooh. Uh, that was amazing. The color, not so much. It looked like a baby's first bowel movement. Oh. But it was this sort of really awful greeny yellow color. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, but apart from that, the, the vehicle is amazing. It smelled nice. <laughs> I'm sniffing cars. I don't know what you think I do when I go to these events. I know what you do. Did, um, do they still take the, when they do a reveal, do they still take the big blanket off of it? No, nowadays what they do, it's a little different. You're standing there on a stage and there's a ramp that comes from behind, like uh, there's, there's a, a, a runway. It's like a, ru- a fashion show. Mm. So between in the audience is split into two. Um, and so imagine a theater, like a movie theater with a stage up front. And there is a runway that comes from behind you um, between the audience up onto the stage. And the cars drive really fast. And I mean, like uh, it feels like 100 miles an hour. I'm sure it's only like 50 between the audience and then they stop on the stage exactly in the right spot and then the turntable turns and the front comes around. Oh, that's slick. Yeah, it's mm. really cool. That's now like we- the last gender reveal party I was at. <laughs> they came onto the stage 100 miles an hour and turned around? Yeah. Uh, there's a whole story there I want to well, hear. That, that was Nick's, that, Nick, that's someone's <laughs> moment from, from Toyota. Like, look at this big reveal and Nick's out there. Like, it looks like a baby's first bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone's moment, Nick. Uh, it was on it. very cool. It was just really cool. Um, the whole Lexus thing and then the whole Toyota thing. And there was so much news. Um, and we're going to have somebody on from Lexus today to talk about it. I got to drive the Sequoia for the first time. Boy, is there a story that goes with that. I mean, I'll tell you quickly. So we drove it up onto, they have a, a great off-road course. It's super capable. There's very few things I don't like about it. The only thing I really have a hard time with is the third row room. But it's always the same with any third row vehicle, right? Mm. It's based on the Tundra, which is their truck. Uh, and it's a hybrid. Um, and it has a battery in it, and they've put the battery in the third row, and so there's no floor space, so it's really cramped in the third row. But I took it uh, to the off-road course, and we drove it up onto the grass, and we filmed it with the film crew and did all my stand-ups, and it's just a great vehicle. Apart from the third row, it's an outstanding vehicle. And when I came down, all the film crew got and they walked away, and they got into their vehicles and drove, and I'm left on my own to navigate my way down through this field, which has long grass in it, around some rocks and stuff, and drove onto the gravel track and drove back to the hub where all the vehicles are. And I drove off the, I drove off the gravel track onto the road to drive up to the pits where everybody was stationed. And as I got onto the concrete road it sounded like I was still on the gravel and I was like do I have a cone under the car or something and I thought I better stop and have a look and I stopped and there's no lights on the dash like you know there's something wrong I got out and I looked and there's the the left driver's side front wheel there's no tire it's gone what (laughs) it's completely gone 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 what so I hit a rock apparently on the way down, I didn't hear it. No lights went off on the dash, nothing. And I'm like, holy cow. So, um, you know, these are pre-production m- models, so not everything's completely working as it should do. I guess the tire pressure monitor didn't go off. 
yeah. I completely destroyed the wheel. And I have to say that they were amazing. Like they were, Toyota was so cool about it. They were really cool. I was devastated. I woke up in the middle of the night gasping for breath. I was having nightmares about it. <laughs> but they were very cool about it. I have to say, I was very, very upset about it. And I managed to compose myself, but I destroyed one of their tires. Jeez. I felt bad about it, um, but they were cool about it. And so I felt horrendously about it. Um, and I just didn't see it. I mean, I'm, I'm navigating through rocks and mud and stuff to try and get out and didn't see this rock and apparently the film crew said yeah we heard you hit something but nobody stopped me and said hey whoa, whoa wait a second nobody helped me get down and i'm just trying to go around stuff and i guess i hit it wow that was so. three or four crew people like wow watch this yeah. look at nick come like look see if yeah. he comes down i think I, I hate to think what they're saying about me behind my back but um uh, you know not such a great off-roader now i feel like an idiot so. well you didn't put the rock there no, I didn't, but I should have known better than to hit that rock. So, um, Scheduled for the show today, Mike Cordell's going to be here. He's been having a great week, but gas prices haven't. He's been talking about those on TV. It's pretty tragic. Uh, Andy, you're going to talk about the Battle of the Wagons. You've, uh, you've, had, you've had the opportunity to get into three different wagons. You're going to talk about them, uh, two of them today. I feel so family orientated. Do you? Yeah. Are you uh, having kids this week? Uh, I might borrow some. <laughs> borrow somebody's kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to Carl Pulley about uh, Honda, and this is the car that has the, the weird name, right? Was that what we're talking about in today? The Passport, Trailsport. All the ports. Passport, Trailsport. Pass, yeah, I got questions, Carl. Yeah. Carl, why did you name it the tra Passport, Trailsport? Um, and we're, then we're also going to get to talk about the Lexus RX uh, because – you know, and that's just been revealed. Uh, Lexus is going to be on. Anton Wallman's also going to be on, which I think means that we have a very full show about new vehicles, a very full show about wagons. And we're going to throw in a little bit about car buying because um, I'm getting a lot of phone calls from people who are super frustrated about car buying. They can't find the vehicle they want. And I'm, I'm going to have some tips for you to talk about the best way to actually find the car you want and don't settle for what's on the lot. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from the professional parts people and their free loaner tool program. There's no need to purchase a tool if you only are going to use it once. Your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store has more than 80 specialty tools available to rent for your next repair. Refundable deposits required at the time of rental. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and ask about their free loaner tool program or visit o'reillyautoparts.com all those tools in my garage i've used only once and i didn't need to yeah Imagine not at that. all gee i think the only one i use multiple times is the battery charger <laughs> because especially for my motorcycles which i got at o'reilly parts auto parts by the way yeah, O'Reilly, they, they do everything. My dry cleaning is there. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> if they only did dry cleaning, I'd probably uh, be there 24 uh, times in a week or so. Uh, all right, Mike Cordell is scheduled to come up next. And uh, gas prices, boy, up 17 cents in one week. That's that, a lot. It's horrendous. That's a lot. Um, I don't know who to blame, though. The Russians, the president. Um, who do we blame? The gas companies, the state for for the taxes can they just suspend the tax until next fall yeah why can't they do that yeah state of wherever you live who do i shake my fist at mm. i'm just gonna shake it until somebody takes the blame 
All right, we'll talk about gas prices coming up next. Stand by, our auto expert will continue. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. All right, he is the other half of our auto expert, uh, currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Mike Cadell is joining us. Mike, I uh, hope you're having better weather than we are. At the beginning of summer, it's pouring down in the northwest of the United States. Uh, but knowing Nashville, it's probably hot and sticky where you are. I'm not even going to tell you guys where I am <laughs> at right now as I talk to you. Oh, is are you a someone... Krispy Kreme? <laughs> I am sitting on the back of our boat oh. in the middle of what, Nick, you've been here before. I'm yeah. sitting in Ski Cove. That's where we tossed the anchor out with Dan Barbosa from yep. Four Boater Company. And we are sitting here. I've had a full, but with that said, guys, I've had a full day of work. I started at about 4.30 this morning. Um, I woke up to a really cool email from, uh, and of course, everyone listening knows that Nick and I do a ton of television. Uh, I had an email come in this morning from CNN, mm-hmm. and she said, not bad news, but call me when you get up. I called called my producer at CNN Headline News this morning. She said, look, the gas story is so big, um, it's now at 22 cents week over week. Uh, we'd like to make you the headline story. So wow. I had to head over a little bit early. I was coming right out of the show, right, at, right when they began at 7 a.m. Eastern this morning, and we talk gas prices, guys. It's it's scary out there right now for a lot of people. Yep. Uh, so twenty two cents. It was seventeen cents week over week on Friday, and yes, just right. a yep. five cent jump overnight. And it's just miserable. I mean, there's yeah. and we're really not sure who to shake our fists at. Is it the Russians? Is it the president? Is it the oil companies? Is it the states? I mean, who who are we shaking our fist at? Yeah. So I've got a lot of answers to this. I've spent literally every day this week on television talking about this and it's funny guys every day that goes by i end up learning more and more and more so there's some really interesting things and and you know it's really easy to say you know oh let's let's throw the white house under the bus but you know march 31st of this year president biden signed an executive order releasing a million barrels a day uh of oil from the the national petroleum reserve to to help with this and the, the good news is he did it. The bad news is it, it's not it's not impacting gas prices. So here are a couple of different things for listeners to understand, and then we'll talk about some things that they can do to save at the pump. So first and foremost, we get 63% of our oil. We get our oil from Canada. So 63% here in the U.S. comes from Canada. The U.S. produces 40% of our oil, and Mexico is at 10%. We only get 3% from Russia. So okay. those numbers, you know, they kind of, it's on a sliding scale. So, But we are one of the biggest producers of oil. And most people don't think of – they think oil and cars. But, man, oil is used for hundreds of thousands of different things. So, you know, we, we have all of these barrels. Right now you're looking at north of $120 for one barrel of oil. And then it's got to go through a refinery. This week, Chevron said, look, we're building no more refineries in the U.S., which is going to force the U.S. to go outside for refinery work. Um, just a really, really sad and scary situation. And unfortunately, I, I'm kind of siding with Elon a little bit on this. 
I think we're headed for some rough waters from an economic standpoint here in the U.S. I hope not, guys, but gas prices today, you know, we're already at 482 as the national average. Yesterday it was 476. Day before that it was 464. And then pre, pre-Memorial Day it was 459. So, so wait, so let's go back to the, so why, who's setting the price? We know where it comes from. It's a sliding scale. It's from Canada, the U.S., a little bit from Mexico, a yep. tiny drop from yep. Russia. So yep. let's let's talk about it. And obviously, it depends on prices from those countries, depending on where we buy it, right? So if it's cheaper it, in Canada, it, it, we it buy does. it. It does, but check this out. This is This is the crazy part about it. So gas prices are determined based on two variables, current supply and future supply. Right. And then that is equated in with current demand and future demand. So right. one thing we know is that coming out of COVID, refineries as well were under limited staff. So when you have under limited staff, you have this stuff happening. Um, it's it's crazy, man. It is super, super crazy. And so right now you have a situation where, you know, people, people out there are just, you know, they're trying to figure out how best to save at the pump. So when prices are set, the prices are set in that capacity. And the other, the other factor that is, um, the other factor that is, is demand. And, you know, we've got a big demand for gas right now because it's the summer months, right? Right. Summer months, RVs, trucks, people moving from point A to point B and vacation. So the only way to really bring the prices down, and we're going to talk about gas savings in a minute, but the only way to bring the prices down is really more refineries and you can't magic them overnight. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, here's the deal is that you're also it's, it's like the perfect storm, right? The perfect storm dictates we're right in the middle of summer kicking off. So the demand is higher. And people also don't know that in certain states like California, they change out their fuel blend going into the summer because in California, you have such a differentiation sometimes of weather increments in parts of the state. They switch out. They switch out their fuel supply. Right. And so it gets even more complicated. So there's no does, real yeah. answer here. I mean, the real answer might yes, be if you're, you're going to if you're going to buy a vehicle, just trying to buy something more fuel efficient. Or we're going to talk about in a moment or two after the commercial break, maybe ways to yes, save sir. on better fuel, uh, you know, to making things what you currently have more fuel um, realistic and, and getting better fuel miles out of your vehicle. But ultimately, um, there, there's no answer. There's no answer to bringing prices down. And if Biden hadn't released that oil, we'd probably be in a worse situation, right? That's well, a million. I mean, we go through millions and millions and millions of, of barrels a day and a million barrels a day is, is not even really touching the surface. So I, it, it's hard, right? Nick, you said it. It's very hard to figure it out. Yeah, it's probably there's people that do this for a living and they and they clearly haven't come up with the right answer yet either or so. So it's uh, it's yeah. Uh, my head is spinning, and obviously I'm not the expert, um, and I'm far from an expert, and you've been studying it all week, and um, the best way to do it is to look at what you currently have and find ways to manage your assets and your traveling um, much better. All right, Mike, uh, when Mike comes back, we're going to talk about some plans that he's come up with to try and make your summer trip and make your ev- your everyday trips by uh, making your fuel go a little further and finding ways that you can uh, vacation this 
this summer if you're using your vehicle to uh, to do it better and use your current vehicle to make the fuel last a little longer. Mike Cadell's in Nashville. He's going to give us fuel-saving tips when we come back on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Twitter, Instagram, you can just start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. On the phone, Mike Cadell. He is the other half of Our Auto Expert. We've been talking about fuel prices and how they have jumped 22 cents week over week. Uh, It's now a crisis situation in America. We're talking about how it's probably not going to alleviate itself over the summer and could get worse. So, Mike, we know that we can't reduce fuel prices. We have to manage what we have, the assets that we have. Cars are in short supply. So what do we do to try and manage those assets and make our fuel last longer? Yeah, so you know what? I got to tell you guys, I had a lot of fun doing these series of segments this week on saving fuel and ways to save at the pump. And I love, you know, I I say it on air, 47 years old, been doing this for 20 years, but the fact that I still learn is amazing. So when I started on Memorial Day on Monday, I knew that gas prices were at 459 and they, they were getting ready to bump up a nickel. So I started doing a little bit of research about a week and a half ago on ways to save. So I'm going to roll through just a series of things that you can do. And I want everyone listening. Here's the deal. If you do all of these collectively, you can make an impact. But if you do one of them, it's going to be much more limited. So I'm going to start with mechanical. And then I'm going to jump into what's happening in your head. Because there's there's two parts to this. So from a mechanical standpoint, you know, your vehicle, it needs to breathe. And I liken it to when you have a cold, right? So when you have a cold and your nose gets stuffed up, it, it makes everything else in your body feel bad. So you take pseudofedrin, you take medicine to help clear your sinuses. Well, that's the same thing with your air filter on a car. Make sure you have a good air filter on your vehicle or just a new one. It could be it could be an affordable one, but have an air filter that allows your vehicle to breathe. And your vehicle breathes, it drives better, it saves on fuel. Second thing is tire pressure. And this is going to sound mundane, old school. Yeah, the old guy telling me about tire pressure, but it's really true. If you take 15 to 30% reduction in a single tire on your vehicle it's going to force that vehicle to pull to the right or pull to the left when it pulls to the right or to the left that means the vehicle is working harder to run in a straight line that impacts fuel economy okay so now we're at two we're trying to combine these together the third is adding a fuel additive and there are dozens of fuel additives out there everyone seems to have one in the market i pulled two off the shelf um, I've talked about Lucas before. I know those guys well. They're an American company, and they've got a fuel injector cleaner. The injector cleaner keeps the fuel injector from gumming up. When it gums up, it prevents fuel from getting through. When it, you prevent fuel from getting through, it makes it harder to run. And then you've got an actual fuel system cleaner, and the purpose of that is to lubricate everything under the motor. It's kind of like Nick right now with your diet and everything that you've done in the last year. You feel and look the best you've ever felt in your whole life. You're thinner, you're more, you're more muscular, you're moving, you know, easier, and, and you have more energy. That's all a result of what you put in your system. Same thing with a car. Okay, so now, we're, now we've got three of them, and they're mechanical. Now we're going to get into what's going on in your head. 
So when you get up in the morning, and I am the worst of this, and you are too, Nick. You and I both, we love to drive. So it's like we get a car every week. I'm like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. Then I'm going to go home. Then I'm going to go to the grocery store. Then I'm going to go home. Then I'm going to go to Home Depot. Then I'm going to go home. Plan out your day. If you're, if you're the consumer out there, plan out your day from start to finish. So when you leave, don't come back until all your errands are done. Think about the miles you will save just by doing that. I've got two more for you. The next one is speed. I am a speed racer. You're a speed racer. Andy's a speed racer. Crony, you're a speed racer. Anthony, by Thanks. the way, I, we call him Crony. Anthony, you're a speed racer, we think. I'm, maybe. But right. uh, we all put our foot on the gas pedal. Take your foot off the gas pedal. You're going to save. And my last is the most important, Gas Buddy. Gas Buddy is an app you can have on an Android or an iPhone. And the best part about it is that it will tell you where the cheapest fuel is in your area. Type in the zip code. It'll pop out where the cheapest fuel is in your area. That's what I got for you guys. That's I've good. got one more if you want it. Do you want one more? Yeah, of course. All right. One more is this. Here in the South, and I know they have them all over the U.S., so in California it would be Ralph's. Here in the Southeast, it's going to be Kroger or Super Kroger. If you're a member and have a rewards program, every time you go to the grocery store and you spend on groceries, they then equate that over to their fuel pump systems that they have out in the parking right. lot. So our Super Kroger, every time I fill up, it gives me three cents off a gallon. Yeah. There's Kroger alternatives here in the Northwest. There's Fred Meyer. There's Costco. There's uh, Safeway. They all have the programs. You can get 10 cents off a gallon uh, at most of them, and the fuel prices you can work out. Uh, if you can save 10 cents a gallon, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. It's awesome, man. That's the only way to save. Seven tips for you guys right there. That's really good. Uh, let's go back to the, the fuel price um, just for a second here. How long is this going to last, Mike? Well, we're in the summer months right now. People are going to be spending a lot of money on vehicles. Here's the craziest part about it is over Memorial Day, Cars.com came out with a report. 82% of Americans were choosing to drive because it's still cheaper than flying. So you know what? We're going to suck it up. And we, from a sucking it up standpoint, we're going to still drive. So uh, you asked the question, when is when is this going to change? I think you're going to see prices start to go down in the fall. Right. Um, the highest point was actually not this week. The highest point was 458. Um, and now that, that was about uh, three weeks ago, but now we surpassed that in the last 24 hours. So I, wait till the end of the season. Right. I well, and do you think it'll go down the winter months or still still going to be high next year? Because I, I asked this question very specifically because I'm getting so many phone calls now. People have had enough, and I have said really for probably I would say 18 months now. Don't change your car wait wait to change your car and people are, they've, they've waited a year they've waited 18 months and they're now saying i can't wait any longer i got to change my car i'm sick and tired of it and i, I, I don't care if i'm gonna pay you know three thousand dollars more i've waited 18 months i'm done um yes be and, pragmatic about your vehicle purchase right so uh, electric vehicles are great. I've got the Kia EV6. We're going to talk about that next week on the show. The Kia EV6 is the second time I've had it. This one's the all-wheel drive. It's an amazing vehicle, like all of these are. And by the way, Nick, just for you and me, I'm still, I'm still on the Hyundai. I'm still on the Hyundai side of it. You know, we talk about Hyundai and Kia. I love the Hyundai uh, Ionic Five. I just think it's freaking dope. But um, the other part is, guys, just look for a vehicle in the market that has high MPG. And if you can combine, 
either high MPG or get an electric vehicle, you're going to save. But there, there are, I mean, we've had the discussion about electric vehicles. There's, there's, there's situation on for that. So we're figuring it out, right? I'm we're still... figuring it out. At least if you, those tips, we rock those tips. Yeah, no, those tips are great. Uh, for people who are using gas vehicles, I'm coming down on the side of plug-in hybrids right now. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Most I'm Americans, most Americans travel 20 to 30 miles um, for a single trip, and plug-in hybrids make absolute sense for that because they do around 30 miles on a single charge, and then you can charge them at home, and they will charge up to those 30 miles easily overnight, and, and that's all you do in a single trip. And if you need to do longer, you can use gas and you can use the hybrids and you can use often you can get 30 plus miles on the hybrid system. And they work great. Uh, the trouble would, is the trouble is getting I, getting I a plug would in. hug you. Right? I would hug you if I was with you right now. I have been saying plug in hybrids for the last five years. I've owned two of them and I will say C-Max. I've owned two Ford C-Maxes because they're amazing cars and they look amazing. But I've owned two plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. You can have your cake and eat it, too. But I've had people that have been waiting for things like RAV4 Prime for two years, and they just can't get any. They just, you know, they can't. You can't get them. So uh, it's really, really tough on everybody. Um, But I think I would say at this point you, you need to... You need to really think about changing your vehicle, and you need to be very clever about it. Uh, when it comes to that Kia Hyundai thing, um, knowing how I am, if I was going to buy an electric car, I'd be waiting for the GT versions coming this fall for those vehicles or the that's M-Line. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's, right. that's what I'd be doing personally. Hey, listen, great yeah. job done on all of your TV stuff this week. I've watched all your segments. I'm, you know, I would say that... Um, you have far, far outdone any of the other uh, commentators on television this week. You really did your research, and I've watched all okay. of the other guys. Absolutely outstanding, Mike. You really, really Thanks. socked it to everybody. I'm just absolutely proud Appreciate of you. Appreciate it. I obviously got to change my game up the, this coming week as well. Really just good job. Good job for you. Um, but all those people that want to change your cars, I think in the next week or so, stand by. We're going to have some really uh, helpful information, and we're going to have some of the top car company guys talk about it and talk about what they think uh, you can do to purchase the vehicle that you're really looking for and give you the solid tips about buying your car because there really, really is some good information out there and things that you can do to get ready for it. And just uh, go and watch Mike's uh, segments at Our Auto Expert and go and look at some of the car information. You've got to do your research, and it's all there at Our Auto Expert. You can see Mike's videos on gas tips. If you didn't hear them today, go watch them. They're online, and you can just make a note of them. Um, all of those sitting at Our Auto Expert and listen to this show again. Mike, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We really appreciate having you on the show. Of course, fuel prices, they still could go up between now and the end of the summer. It's not over yet. Uh, 22 cents in the last seven days. That is unbelievable. And it's really, really high. I'm I'm flabbergasted at how expensive it is. And also flabbergasted that Chevron is not building any more refineries. Uh, but in the long term, I don't, I'm not sure if it makes any sense. And you, how, is, how long is your commute, Andy? An hour? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's about, it's a solid 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, and, and your, you filled uh, your vehicle up the other day, it was 100 bucks? Yeah, over. Oh. Yeah, 102. What about you, uh, uh, Anthony, how much does it cost you to fill up? 
I'm just over. I'm like getting close to ninety dollars. Ninety dollars. Yes. And that's and that's like all, not even quite you know running on empty and a fill up. So I probably would be over a hundred at this point. And how often are you filling up? Uh, close to I'd say a week to ten days. And how much was it maybe a year ago? Oh my, uh, sixty sixty five tops. Uh, probably. So you're, it's costing you thirty five more a week. Without a doubt. Uh, and Andy, how much more a week is it costing you? A hundred something more a week because my personal car guy fill it up every every month it's a lot of money all right when our auto expert returns andy's going to tell us about wagons you're listening to our auto expert over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Automatic Andy has been driving a vehicle this week, and he is ready with his report. Take it away, Automatic Andy. Dun, 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 dun. I have been driving the 2022 Volt. By the way, we didn't have enough money for a jingle, so he created his own. Yeah, we're, <laughs> that was out of the budget. Um, Nick, I had the brand new Volvo V90 Cross Country B6 all-wheel drive with no salt. It was... <laughs> I found this car leaving me with my head scratched a little bit because they stopped making the V90 this year, but said, just kidding, here's the V90, but it's a cross country now. And it has a B6 powertrain, and here's all-wheel drive. So, you know, whatever. But figure it out, Volvo. Don't end up a Nick news story about how you couldn't figure it out. There's a few other things they couldn't figure it out, but that's coming. Let's make a get-it-together sandwich, Volvo. Um, Despite the lifted suspension and an SUV-like body, it kind of looks like a stunted SUV. You know, like an SUV that didn't get the entire schematics sent to the developers. Because it's a wagon. Because it's a wagon. But they they put a new thing on it. Um, <clears throat> it still is. It still looks really nice, and it still looks like a wagon a little bit. Um, it is a station wagon, but one with a bit more capability than your average car, Nick. So not only is it able to tackle some of the light off road situations you might find yourself in, the cross country also offers an upgraded, beautiful cabin lined with the ultra nicest stuff in America that you can find, including genuine wood trim, Nick. It's a beautiful car, it's sleek, it's modern, it's luxurious, and it's not its not made at all for fat people or water bottles. It's really hard to get in, Nick. Yeah, the Swedish tend to be slim and tall. But their water bottles are still the same. I can't, the water bottle was like in my armpit the entire time. No, they have thin <laughs> water bottles. Because they use milliliters. Yeah. They use the metrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was tough. This car was tough. Um, so what's new? Well, nothing because they stopped making it this year. However, I think they are getting around, uh, the death rule like comic books do and just keep slapping new letters and stuff on it and calling it new. You know what I like about it? Hmm. Um, every person I ever see drive them has a ponytail and jogging pants. Uh, yoga pants. Yeah, yeah. This is the type of person that would wear Crocs with those like those stickers on them, like yeah. the magnets and but they stuff have, on the Crocs. But they have yoga pants. They're always like these super rich moms with I don't, yo- yoga pants and a ponytail. That would make sense, man, because there's absolutely nobody over 225 getting into this reliably. <laughs> no, they I always mean, wear like 138. 
Yeah, or what is that in British, like a stone and a half? Yeah, they. She had the woman I met had a tomato for lunch, and she was full. Yeah, I'm sure she would. I'm sure <laughs> they just take bites of air. Uh, they did put. They slapped a, a B6 engine. Nick, it's a supercharged and turbocharged two-liter four-cylinder 48 volt hybrid system that gives you almost 300 horsepower yeah they told me what b6 stood for and it was swedish so i couldn't remember it sounds like a vitamin yeah all right um aren't you from nordica i am from the land of caucus caucasian land yeah (laughs) from uh, don't you have a horned helmet i do i do i have a a first way uh ticket to valhalla didn't you pillage your family did. I did. My yeah, no, my my grandparents definitely pillaged a right. lot of things. Okay, uh, it's in my veins. That's why I don't fit in the Volvo. Um, aside from the Mercedes, wait. Uh, when I watched those stories about Vikings, they were all schvelt. They weren't big. They were well, schvelt. That's because I'm a product of being a, a, in what they would consider a rich Viking. Because I don't have to hunt or gather my food. I just go to Fred Meyer's. Okay. And get a corn dog. You know those wild corn dogs. Okay. Um, <laughs> So on the inside, the Mercedes really do it the best. But other than them, no company is doing luxury interiors better than the Volvo. It is really nice on the inside. I just couldn't see much because my neck was underneath my eyes from being so <laughs> squished. The Swedish brand's warm and Most people's cabin. necks are underneath their eyes, just to let you know. Yeah, but mine was like, it was like the, the mouth hole and then my eye. Okay. It was so squeezed. <clears throat> it makes me, me feel really uncomfortable, but carry yeah, on. Yeah, it's a weird visual. Um there, it's a it's warm and comforting inside the cabin unless you're big mm-hmm. um which is a lot of the reason why the price on the Volvo is justified because the inside's really nice um there is there is a, a thing that I want to address Nick and it feels like I'm picking on Volvo and I don't mean to they're a nice car but they have that dumb Google thing in the middle there it's a uh, was it like it's a new version of Google Assistant or something? The whole the whole infotainment system is is Google software. It's Basura. I'll let you Google that. It's they need to whoever greenlighted that they need to get their money back. They need to go. I would really? honestly rather just have an analog system because uh, they use them at Chevy. They're all no. Googled. I'm not. I'm not subscribing to this. I'm really? sorry, Volvo. I just just so many things. Um, wow. The engine's pretty slick, though. The B6 engine, it's supercharged and turbocharged. I've never heard of that. Yeah, no, that's a Volvo thing. FLT is angry today, isn't he? Yeah, there's just, I was so mad. Um, <laughs> there is there is some little, there are some cool things, Nick. It does clean the air. Okay. It has a filter with live updates on how many particles you aren't inhaling. Okay. Uh, they got rid of the center console drive mode selector thing that really messed up the drive of the car. So th- good job, Volvo. Okay. The drink holders are way too shallow and petty. Like the water bottle kept falling over and it was placed like directly under my arm. So it was 100% inconvenient. And then the built-in Google thing, just no. It's not, who. like I said, whoever, like there had to have been a bunch of people at the table that said, yes, this is the best infotainment center. We need to put this in here. And I don't just don't understand that, Nick. So... With all of that said, it sounds like I'm the biggest Volvo hater in the world. I'm not. I just, I see why they're stopping this V90 production. Because we got we got to get it out of here. It's just too small, Nick. I mean, really? even if I was small, I think I feel like you and, and Air Filter would be uncomfortable. I liked it. it. 
Well, because you're you are less than two hundred pounds, so yeah, it makes sense. I'm one forty. Like I got, I was heavy breathing getting in the car. <laughs> like when I finally got my leg in the car, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that was a workout. <sighs> it was horrible. <sighs> so Nick, do I give it the stamp of approval? No, I oh. don't. This first is the, time ever. This is the first time in, in our auto expert history. I would not buy this. It's super nice. Like, honestly, don't get me wrong. It really is a nice car. It's not because the craftsmanship. It's not because, like, it's super cheap. It's none of that. It's just way too small on the inside. Like, I felt like I was inside, like, the car was inside places that it shouldn't have been, like, my memory. Because I wanted to forget that this Google Assistant thing. I mean, it woke me up in my dreams. Because it, it, it took it from the nice, feminine, hey, can I help you today, Tiny? To it to now it's like a masculine, hey, dude, what's up? Where would you like to go today? And I'm not I'm not used to that. I want to be nice when I'm in the car. So it doesn't mean it's a great. It's not a great car, Nick. It is, but for starting at fifty six two hundred dollars, there's two big competitors: the the Audi A6 All Road and the Mercedes E45 wagon that I'm about to talk about. And for like thirteen k more, I would just get one of those. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad you got 13K extra. Yeah. Uh, those coming up. Stand by. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm Nick Miles, your host along with Automatic Andy and Air Filter Anthony. Uh, We have been talking about gas prices. We've been talking about... uh, whether you should buy a new car or not. And we've also been talking about ways to make your gas go further. But if you're going to buy a new vehicle, many Americans are on their ways to do road tripping instead of um, flying, taking hotels. I was uh, trying to book flights from Portland, Oregon to Burlington, Vermont. And the best price I could get for flights... $3,500. Disgusting. For I know. What? Just for flights. You don't even get peanuts. Uh, July, and that was in July. Ugh. It was expensive. Super expensive. I mean, maybe the dates I was picking, um, flying, out, flying out on a Friday and flying back on a Monday um, for a 10-day trip. Man, for those prices, that better have been in the middle of like Christmas and New Year's together. <laughs> No, it wasn't. So, I mean, with those same sort of fuel costs that you're hampering everybody, uh, everybody's looking at perhaps even, um, um, you know, just getting a bigger vehicle and doing road trips. Um, Because by the time you've paid extra for a new vehicle and done a road trip, it's probably the same as flying a family of four and getting a hotel. Um, And one of the vehicles that we have test driven recently falls into that category perfectly and that is the Honda Passport Trail Sport. <laughs> now, we might have a little bit of a problem with the name, but somebody who can tell us about that is Carl Pulley from Honda. Carl, welcome to the show. Well, thanks very much, Nick. It's uh, great to be on again. So we were wondering how Sport got into the name twice. Yeah, Carl, how many people said okay well, to this? 
Well, it, it, it's kind of like New York City, you know, New York, New York, and it's so good you have to name it twice. Oh, pow, look oh, at him. Oh, nice. I was not expecting that rebuttal. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. So this is, this is uh, part of the, the um, it's sort of a, I would say, a trim level on top of the regular um, trail, the, the passport. So it's the trail sport is a version of the passport, correct? Yes, it is, and and actually, it's the it's the public introduction of what will become our new Halo brand for um, off road capability. So, you know, as you know, with our passenger cars, the sportiest car that we have is the Civic Type R, and the Type R being the kind of Halo for um, you know sporty driving dynamics and and power and agility. Whereas trail sport will ultimately become, and I say ultimately because um, the refreshed passport for the 22 model year is what we call a mid-cycle refresh. So yeah. there was no mechanical changes, um, it was styling changes. Um, so for this introduction of the trail sport, it's more of um, kind of a, a more rugged look. Um, it does have a wider track. It has uh, dedicated 18-inch wheels with bigger sidewalls for, for better off-road driving. Um, but ultimately, trail sport will include things like higher ground clearance, underbody protection, recovery points, all-terrain tires, off-road tuned suspension. So, yeah, this is the, the first kind of public introduction of trail sport, but ultimately it will come um, with a lot more off-road dedicated features. I love the idea, and I'm sure it comes in multiple colors, but the gray color that we test drove is that highly fashionable sort of concrete color with the uh, the colored accents. That is really nice, and it made it really stand out. Yeah, and the, uh, the signature color for the trail sport um, is this very bright orange. And so, you know, the interior has orange stitching. It has orange ambient lighting, orange badging. And likewise, on the exterior, um, you have the orange badging and then some other details as well. So, yeah, the, the, the real kind of concept behind the, this mid-cycle refresh for the 22 model year is to kind of um, to, to create a more aggressive, more rugged look to the vehicle. Everything forward of the A-pillar was all new, all new sheet metal. And really, the, um, the pilot really wasn't kind of given its 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 true cred on its off-road capabilities because it has a standard um, all-wheel drive system that has true torque vectoring, um, which is unique in the segment where it overpowers the outside rear wheel. So it helps not only in off-road scenarios where 100% of the, the torque can be sent to the rear axles and then it can be apportioned 100% to one wheel or the other. So in off-road scenarios where you're dealing with tough traction uh, environments, it helps there. But also you were talking about road trips. So um, I recently drove um, a passport trail sport from Phoenix to uh, Flagstaff for the Overland Expo. And that was a 300-mile round-trip commute. Um, and then we did some off-road driving. We had six passport trail sports and we did the edge of the world uh, trail, which is a 54-mile off-road um, adventure that goes to this absolutely phenomenal um, outlook that, that where the canyon just drops off a couple of thousand feet below you. And it could do both. And that's that's the really the key about the trail sport. 
um, the passport travels for, in that it can be your everyday commuting, taking the kids to school, and then the road trips that you were talking about, and it gets uh, up to 22 miles per gallon combined fuel economy. But also, when you get to that place, after you've driven a long day and you want to have some off-road adventures, it can do that too. Whereas, I don't know if you've been to the Overland Expo, but there's some absolutely phenomenal, dedicated off-road vehicles. And they're great for off-road. If you're doing bouldering, you're going to do the Rubicon Trail. But they're absolutely atrocious driving every day, and especially the road trips that you were mentioning. Yeah, and I think that's the whole idea of these sort of road trips that families take. They want to be able to tow something fairly light or they want to be able to put bikes on the back and they want to be able to stuff it full of gear and uh, travel two or three hundred miles, you know, in a day. And then in the evening, travel up a gravel road or travel up somewhere that's a little bit muddy and uh, unfold the camper or unfold the tent up there. So there's sort of this this a long road trip followed by some gravel road or followed by some some muddy trail up to where they're going to be spending the weekend or the night with the camper so it's got to be able to do both and this almost seems like the vehicle which is perfectly built for somebody that wants to do that week of that kind of adventure absolutely and and it has a 5000 pound towing capacity so yes you can absolutely tow that that camper or if you have something like a honda uh, pioneer or talon which is our a very very aggressive off-road dedicated side-by-side vehicles and then you've got the best cargo capacity in its class i mean it has over 50 cubic feet behind the second row and if there's only two of you and you drop those second rows down then you have over 100 cubic feet of space to get all of the gear that you could new, need for those adventures. Yeah, and if you have one of those small trailers, uh, the teardrop type trailers, I mean that's absolutely perfect for that. Um, and you can you know take that and you can pack your stuff into that trailer, and then you can also put the dogs or the kids in the back and uh, and do that kind of adventure. And that's the sort of thing that I'm thinking this vehicle is is perfect for, the family scenario of using it for the daily commutes in the week and then for the weekending adventure up to the campsite or for somewhere you're going to go camping. And it's has that Honda sort of millennial it has that honda pricing it has that honda reliability it has all of those things built in with the safety the technology and all the other elements that you're so well known for yeah absolutely and and the you know the the passport comes in um at a very very high le- level of trim which is the exl which includes leather seats power tailgate um and that comes in at 38 370 and then the trail sport that, that you have driven um, comes in at 42,970. And then we have our absolutely top trim elite, and that's um, just a little under 46. And, you know, those numbers, um, you know, I, I think are very, very appropriate and affordable for, for many families. And it was interesting at the Overland Expo, I was wowed by some of the special builds. I mean, there was this military style truck that was absolutely phenomenal, how it's turned into an Overlander. And it was $450,000. So <laughs> I wow. wish I could have afforded that. But, you know, I, I want I want families um, and, and couples to understand that you can get this passport and you can still have almost those same adventures, you know, for for in your everyday vehicle and that you can also take on road trips. And the, and the all-wheel drive 21 miles combined, it, that doesn't suck. That's a good uh, a good amount of fuel economy. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And we do have our econ mode that you can press a button and it kind of changes the level of, of throttle application and how the nine-speed automatic transmission shifts. So it really helps with your fuel economy. And obviously, you know, it all depends what your right foot is doing when it yeah. comes to your fuel economy. But yeah, absolutely, when you're on road trips and gas prices as they are, you want, uh, you know, the, the vehicle that you need, you want it to be as efficient as possible. I think that's what the Passport provides for customers. Last question, and it's a quick answer. Are we going to be able to buy them even with uh, the shortages of vehicles? Yes. Um, you know, Honda is working very, very diligently. All, all the, the whole industry, as you know, is is suffering from supply chain issues. But, you know, we, we uh, meet daily um, with our supply chain um, vendors, our transport companies, to, to get those vehicles at dealers. So, yeah, I, I can guarantee if, if customers looking for a passport trail sport, go to their dealer um, and they can they can help you out. And, you know, even going to autumnbuilds.honda.com is our website. Um, you can actually check inventory um, on that website and to find out where which local dealer has the vehicle that you're looking for. Excellent. Carl Pauly from Honda, thank you for joining us. That was all about the Honda Trail Sport. We'll be right back on our Auto Expert. You're listening to our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at ourautoexpert.com. Automatic Andy is taking it up a notch. He's gone all luxury on us with the Mercedes E450 All-Terrain. It's a wagon, you Posh nosh, Mr. Very German luxury rider. I was super fancy this week, Nick. You were? Yeah, I got I got everything upsized to larges this week. You did? Because I was so fancy. Oh, did you wear Lululemons when you got in it? Yeah, I did wear Lululemons and it made me glide in easier. I think Mercedes <laughs> and Lululemon should make a deal for their seats made oh. out of Lulu. Oh, Lulu seats. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's done a deal with Lululemon. Mercedes, you heard it now. I just want free pants. And I want free underwear. They're expensive, but yeah. they're really nice. They're $40 a pair for Lululemon underwear. But they're the best. If you made Mercedes, if you made your steering wheel out of Lululemon underwear, I would buy all of your cars and all the underwear. <laughs> so, Nick, I was all inside the 2022 Mercedes E450 All-Terrain Wagon. The car is ultra fancy. Like, I didn't expect it to be this kind of fancy. I mean, I know it was, it's a Mercedes, so that already kind of has, a, a, you know, a certain standard. Yeah. But you got this instead of the Mercedes EQS electric car, Nick. Yeah, I know. So I have to I have to wait for the EQS. Apparently something happened to it. I was already irritated with the situation. So it could have been a Ferrari and I still would have pouted. But I definitely <laughs> threw a tantrum when I heard it was a Mercedes, but a wagon. And then it arrived. It came gallivanting into our lives, Nick, all $68,400 worth of luxury, sophisticated wagon. This is second only to the A6 All-Road, in my opinion. Uh, its competition is the Audi A6 All-Road and the Volvo V60. And most lists, the A6 is first, followed by the Mercedes. I can see why. The A6 just feels a little more luxurious than inside the Mercedes, but I don't know. I probably That would be a tough decision between the two. 
What's new in the Mercedes E450? Nothing, except for the automatic high beam uh, headlamps are now standard, as they should be Mercedes. And there's a new color that's been unlocked, nautical blue metallic. Otherwise, no major newsworthy changes. There is only one trim of the car, and you're looking at it. But there is a huge, huge amount of upgrades and customization for the car that can elevate the starting price tag of 68400 well into the why did I say yes to the platinum car holder uh, platinum cup holder editions. Why did I say yes to those? Engine. Mercedes is like, it's like the restaurant only, you know, the restaurants only have four things on the menu, but those four things are really, really good. It's kind of like this. There isn't any engine options. You just get the one, a turbocharged three liter inline six, which also uses a 48 volt hybrid integrated oh, yeah. starter generator system. What in the Star Trek is that, Nick? It makes 362 horsepower and a quick, snappy drive. All-wheel drive is standard. The 0 to 60 time is 4.4 seconds. Mm-hmm. 9G Tronic automatic transmission gets you there in quick, fast, in a hurry. And it has a little bit, just a little bit of the eco Quick, fast, in a hurry? Yeah. Is that one speed or three? That's It's three different depending on okay. how fast you need to get it. Nick. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> um. Sorry, the, I'll stop interrupting. No, 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 Again. no. No, it's fine. The eco, no, it's all right. The eco stop and start. <laughs> <laughs> the, it, I won't do it again. It's nice when you can. I'm sorry. You can you can start the stop and start eco-ness. So you can choose to be Pacific Northwest or go fast. It gets really good fuel economy, Nick. 22 in the city, 28 on the highway. Um, the interior is like a luxurious cabin that you rented on an Airbnb. The E-Class wagon offers plenty of room for both people and cargo, as well as a few surprises like me and all of my magic cards. You are a surprise. It really is a lot bigger, Nick. I am a surprise. I didn't huff and puff getting in this one like I did the Volvo. Um, Nick, there's a stow. There's a stow. That's exactly what I sounded like, a horse who was upset. Nick, there's a stowable <laughs> rear-facing third-row seat. Did you know that? No. And did you know that there's an optional scent diffuser in this one? It oh. has a Mercedes-Benz proprietary specific fragrance in its, in its entitlement. It's called I'm Rich. <laughs> Fit and finish, Nick, are top-notch, and the cabin materials are appropriately upscale. The base seats are covered in simulated leather, so convincing you it was the real thing, but genuine leather is optional. You get your pick of interior color themes, uh, five open, pour, glossy, or pinstripe wood trims, Nick. Um, there's there's a lot of things in here, Nick, that I really feel like Mercedes did right, and one of them was their infotainment center. It, it has a really smart M, M-Bux infotainment in, interface, and it's displayed on a huge 12.3-inch screen that's aesthetically pleasing, that's tucked into the dashboard, Nick. It's not just on top of everything. And Apple CarPlay and Android Auto is just there. You don't have to use wires. But Nick, when I was doing this, there were so many options on the car. There was so much that I found some things that I really felt like I needed to talk about. Uh You get a free year of Mercedes Me Connect services. Nick, there's geofencing and valet and curfew protection. I don't know why I would need a curfew, but I'm glad that I can be protected about it. Nick, and it has car to X communication. The e-wagon can communicate with other cars. So like if there is an issue on the road, I just, I can't wait for someone to hack that and send a notification over the speakers. Hey man, 
there's a bunch of cop cars and stuff a few miles up the road. Be careful, dude. Over. And then that, I feel like, is where we're going with this. It also has an intention assist, which I feel like most cars should have this. The first system of its kind. Attention deficit disorder. Yeah, this car has ADD. It's continuously monitoring you, which I need that. It yep. monitors up. Someone to, has to. Yeah, Nick. It, and, and the times that I get out of Bluetooth range, someone's got to take over for you. <laughs> it monitors up to 70, 70 parameters of driving behavior and can automatically alert the driver with both visual and audible warnings if it detects a sign of drowsiness on long trips. That's so cool, Nick. It can. I don't like that's looking into your soul, but I look that it's it's looking to help. Nick. It also there's just so many things. It has a parking damage detector. You get a text message if someone dings your car, and it has it has an available dash cam in it, so you can set it up so where if some little kid gets out of the back of the car and dings your car, you get a text message, and you can go out there and tell the kid, hey, I'm going to go kick your car now. <laughs> I car for a car. A 12-year-old who's driving his own car. I yeah, love it. I would steal his G.I. Joe guy. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would do that. So? Does it get the stamp of approval? Nick, yeah. Nick it does times 10. Yes. I would, oh, times 10. I would buy this car just so I could tell people I had it and All that right. way I could change the scent. We'll tell Michael Manelli to order you one right now. Yeah, two. Two. Wow, you're a big spender. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about Lexus RX, the new one. That's next on Our Auto Experts. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, this week happened to be at the Toyota headquarters in uh, just Plano, Texas, which is slightly north of Dallas. They unveiled a whole bunch of new vehicles. Uh, the list is way too long to go into, but the luxury arm of uh, Toyota, which is Lexus, everybody knows that, uh, started in 1989, unveiled the latest model of their best-selling vehicle, the RX. And it was a huge surprise because it gets a major change to its look, um, something that people didn't really expect. Uh, we are all very used to the spindle grille up front. Well, the whole vehicle became spindle-looking. Um, the front grille doesn't really change; doesn't really stop or start. It becomes almost part of the body. It goes into the body. Uh, but why should I try and explain it to you? Should have an expert who really knows what they're talking about. Uh, Mackenzie Richter is joining us on the phone from Lexus, uh, from the product marketing department. So first of all, Mackenzie, thank you for giving up your uh, weekend to talk to us. So quite a departure from the design that we've been used to seeing at Lexus in the past. Yes, it is, but we're really, really excited about this new model. As you said, it was a really big hit last week. Um, you know, all of our new powertrains are super powerful. The exterior design is absolutely stunning. The interior is also fantastic. Uh, our intuitive and innovative technology that we have in there is amazing. It's uh, just a home run vehicle for us. 
So this is the big one. This is the vehicle mm -hmm. that really sort of leads. It's the, uh, you know, the flagship is always seen really as the big uh, LX600, but this is sort of the, this is the meat out of the meat and potatoes. This is what most people buy. So this is where all your chips are. If you're playing roulette, this is the number that you hope comes in, right? Yep, it's our bread and butter vehicle, best-selling uh, luxury SUV. So uh, we had to make it good, and I think we did. And then the bigger surprise, I think, out of uh, the design was the powertrain. So you usually expect to see, you know, four, maybe three gas versions of the vehicle, different engine types, and then a hybrid. But you sort of changed it up and, and did the opposite. You gave us uh, three hybrids, one of those a plug-in hybrid, and then just one single gas version. So you went the complete opposite way that normal manufacturers go and you really pointed towards your whole idea of becoming a carbon neutral company yeah of course uh we think that the customer you know wants more electric options out there and that's what we want to give them our brand new rx 500h f4 performance is our newest um hybrid uh powertrain and it's absolutely stunning it was one of the vehicles that were uh revealed last week and uh, we think that this one is a a, a big hit for us. Yeah, that's that, being. that's the one that was in black. Uh, it was in black and white, and that was the, sort of the real sort mm -hmm. of stunner. The 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 look of that and the contrasting colors of that is what everybody wanted to film as well. Of course, the 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 pretty looking ones are the ones that everyone wants to to get their cameras in front of as well. I have to ask mm -hmm. you a question. You may not know the logistical answer to this, but I'm. I'm absolutely stunned at how your drivers, and it feels like when you're there at the reveal, they drive sort of on that ramp so fast onto the stage and they stop on a dime. I'm fascinated <laughs> about how they do that. It, does, it seems like it takes hours of rehearsal. It definitely does. I can't speak too much to it because I'm not there behind the scenes all the time, but um, it definitely uh, was a very big event that we prepared a lot for. So I'm sure they got their practice with it. Now, the, the questions that everyone wants to know is, uh, when can we expect to see these vehicles start to come to market? Because I know the plug-in hybrids are a little way out, but the, uh, the regular hybrids and the gasoline model aren't that far away. Yes, they'll be available later this year. So we'll be hopefully seeing them in showrooms or seeing them on order books before 2023? Uh, that's the plan for now. <laughs> uh, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. And then, <laughs> and then you, you actually have some good, uh, some good uh, technology on the inside as well. Um, and you've put, I think we see that first of all coming in, we saw that first of all coming in the LX. Uh, you have your brand new infotainment system, which mm -hmm. has been quite a hit. And one of the things that it's uh, really done is really bring some natural uh, speech uh, situations so people can actually talk to their Lexus now and also sort of update something that Lexus hadn't worked really hard on in the past. But you've really brought the infotainment and uh, the, the sort of whole Lexus, um, I would say, technology forward like so fast. And it's built in America as well. Uh, or designed sorry, in America. Yeah, the whole Lexus yes. infotainment system was yes, designed sorry. in America. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, so we have the, the Lexus um, interface system, which is, you know, designed for the driver uh, and, you know, giving the driver a very good driving experience and, 
you know, enjoying their ride while they're in the car. So uh, we work really hard on that. And the big screen as well. Yeah, so we'll, uh, the RX comes standard with a 9.8-inch multimedia touchscreen display, but um, the 14-inch screen is an option, uh, is an available option. So those, uh, the 14-inch is what uh, you might have seen last week. Yeah, and I, I think in the uh, GX, and sorry, in the uh, LX, that 14-inch seems so, uh, so sort of big. I think in the uh, L, in the RX, it seems so now. Um, mm-hmm. absolutely massive as well it, for, some, yes, <laughs> for something that size in the vehicle. Uh, a lot of luxury now on the inside as well. It's It seems yep. to have got sort of a major increase in luxury as well. Something that was sort of very straightforward and I would say premium has made a big step into sort of the luxury sphere as well. Yep, the interior of the RX is something um, that we are really proud of as well. It's, you know, co- felt like it's contoured to you when you're sitting in those seats. The seats are extremely comfortable. The center stack is uh, driver-focused. The materials we use in there are premium. Uh, the, The inside is an experience all of itself. So it's quite a big step for you guys to do that. And then the the one other vehicle that we got to see as well was just a sneak peek of a of something that um, you just gave us, I guess, a glimpse of. And that was a sort of an RX version um, or a it's the RZ. It was sort of an electric version. No information, but you drove it out just to show us what the concept would look mm-hmm. like as well. And that was nothing we had been expecting to see. Um, it was kind of a tease of what's coming in the future. Yep, the RZ uh, is definitely an exciting vehicle for us and more to come on that. Um, so we'll hopefully get some news on that in the next few years, but it really does point to the fact that Lexus is not uh, not taking a break and you're working towards uh, more carbon-neutral vehicles. We are. That is our goal. Excellent. So we hope to show that with this RX and the RZ. All right. Well, we'll look forward to it. So I guess we'll get more on uh, on the vehicle coming to market, the pricing and the availability in the next few months. Yep, more to come. Very exciting information to come. All right. Well, listen, Mackenzie, thank you for taking some of your weekend uh, for us to talk about the brand new uh, Lexus uh, RX. And then uh, we'll stand by to find out the information about when it will be available and uh, get more on the features um, and find out when that uh, plug-in hybrid will be available as well. Sounds good. Thanks for talking. All right. That's the uh, brand new uh, Lexus RX. And we, I will tell you, you've got to go look at the pictures of this because the exterior of this vehicle is something that you will probably be very, very surprised at. Now, it does the exterior does look like a, uh, a Lexus, but it's not like any Lexus you've ever seen before. That grill at the front is absolutely stunning where you'll see the hood and the lights and that spindle grill now becomes sort of the whole spindle body of the vehicle. And when you look at the grill, what I think is the most outstanding portion of that grill is, even though it's sort of the spindle grill that you've seen in the past, when you go up towards the hood at the front, you'll see that the spindle grill itself becomes part of the hood. And the uh, the hood at the top 
becomes spindle-like. You'll see some remnants of the spindle grille go into the hood and the hood has actually got impressions of the spindle in it as it creeps into the hood and then it makes its way into the top of the hood. It's very, very different than anything I've seen in the past. And um, the daylight opening space, the long raked windshield, even to the back of the vehicle with the sloping. And now they have the Lexus safety system in it is actually got motorcycle detection. So uh, what they've done is changed it up. So if you open the back door and there's a motorcyclist coming down uh, the side of the vehicle and you're in traffic and you go to open that back door and there's a motorcyclist coming down the side of the vehicle, the back door won't actually open. Um, so you can't open it in the way of a motorcyclist who could hit that back door. The back door will sense that there's a motorcyclist coming and you go to pull that latch, it won't let you open the back door, which I think is not only keeping the occupants of the or the doors, it's not only keeping the occupants of the RX safe, but it's actually keeping the motorcyclist safe so somebody can't open the vehicle door um, in the path of a motorcyclist who's oncoming. That's uh, their new safety, sen uh, safety sense 3.0 which is uh, something that Lexus has been will be installing in this RX as one of the first vehicles to actually get that. And of course, this is slated as a 2023 vehicle. And again, we'll just remind everybody that there will be uh, three hybrid versions, one of those a plug-in hybrid, including the F-Sport, which will be the 500H F-Sport um, performance model. And then there will be the plug-in hybrid version and the RX 350H. And there's only going to be one gasoline model, which is just pure gas. Mm. So three, three hybrids, one of those a plug-in hybrid, which will come uh, probably early next year, the plug-in hybrid, and just one straight gasoline model. So very different than what you'd see from any other uh, manufacturer. That's the brand new Lexus RX. All right, more to come on our auto expert. Stand by. You're listening to our auto expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast. Many more streamers join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcast, ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. This is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from the Our Auto Expert radio show and the news and the Our Auto Expert website and the TV segments. Automatic Andy and Air Filter Anthony, they hold signs on the freeway entrances. People get their news from that as well. Every um, day. Every single day. Um, Anton Warman joins us. He's an independent analyst and investor. So Elon Musk saying he's going to can 10% of Tesla employees because, um, <laughs> well, why? Why is he canning them? That's, I guess we should get the, the, the news from the horse's mouth. Well, so Nick, it's just for starters, let, let's establish the facts of what actually transpired here. Elon Musk sent out an internal message that, of course, gets leaked to the broader public in about eight nanoseconds at the most, in which he said he was basically doing a 10% or so rift because he believes that he's seeing, quote, super bad signs from the economy a bit unspecified, but he must be seeing something out there. Now, of course, the immediate reaction was, oh, my God, and, you know, the stock fell immediately, essentially in the stock market trading on Friday, 9%, which is somewhat significant. I think the market overall 
while it was having a bad day, was down, quote-unquote, only about 2%. So Tesla being down 9% is certainly out there, uh, very significant for them. I mean, they fell by roughly the same amount of value that the market ascribes to all of Ford and GM. So uh, this is not insignificant in terms of absolute number of dollars uh, concern. But he came back, you know, within a couple of hours or so and clarified a little bit and saying, well, you know, it's 10%, but, you know, it's not really in production necessarily, so don't worry about that. And, you know, it's like hourly employees, uh, not really. And so who is it really? Well, it sounds like it's mostly in things like R&D and service, because, of course, Tesla has such fantastic service already (laughs) and can certainly use fewer people there and uh, of course they have they're they've come up with so many products in the last two or three years that we certainly don't need any more r&d going on there i think the last model that came out for them was the model y which is now easily over two full years ago so all kidding aside nick basically uh clearly you know he didn't say this for no reason elon musk um you know saw something whatever that something is I mean, the guy is not a macroeconomist. He wouldn't make a comment like that, knowing that it would have some impact to the valuation of his company uh, if he didn't see something that was specific to his company. So really, there's something out there lurking, some big animal with big teeth and claws uh, hiding in the tall grass out there that he has seen that the rest of us may not have seen with the same level of precision yet. So over the next quarter or two, meaning the quarters that will be announced at the end of July and end of October, respectively, we are most likely going to see whatever it is that Elon Musk now has seen in the tall grass out on the savanne here. And uh, there is something out there that concerns him. It will have some impact to Tesla. The question is how much. And the question will be also, is it something that is more specific to Tesla or is it something that is really ascribable to the broader economy out there that will also concern other companies. We don't know this yet, Nick, but that is sort of the big news that came out of this week, and it happened really on Friday at the very end of it. Yeah, I mean, talking to supply companies, they're saying that they don't really see a big a big end to or, or a relief of the chip, com- uh, the chip crisis. And maybe Elon's now seeing that too, that he's he's going to start running short of chips, which he's sort of navigated okay so far. Well, you know, it could be a variety of things, but I don't think that is the issue here, Nick. I think that um, those are uh, things that have been going on for a while. And arguably, uh, what we've seen is that the shortage of simply the ability to supply cars has worked a little bit in Tesla's favor in, in that Tesla's done a few things extremely well. One thing they've done extremely well, way better than any other automaker, is to quickly reprogram uh, the ability to use different, far more available chips available in the market and put them in cars. So while other automakers didn't have that capability, they were simply stuck with the fact that there were shortages out there. Tesla, because they have such a very good in-house software development ability could pick up the few chips that were actually available out there that were maybe meant for smartphones or laptops or other devices. And they said, wow, let's repurpose them and put them in cars. So that's why they've been able to produce uh, to a better degree than most other automakers. So 
I don't think that is the issue. There's something else. Maybe it's simply a, the fact that the, you know, the, the competition is, is really starting to hurt them tremendously. Maybe they've received some signal from the Chinese government that, guess what, guys, the party is over. We're going to put the squeeze on you. It could be any of a number of things uh, in terms of possibilities out there. But I think it'll come down crumbling here over the next couple of quarters. And so you think uh, we may be seeing an end to the Tesla dream that uh, has been out there and uh, they're going to have well, to go I into mean, limp you mode? Well, I mean, we were talking in terms of probabilities here, Nick, but I think that there's something out there that uh, he has seen and he, he wants to be able to say, look, guys, I warned you. I told you there was something big coming. He may want it to make it sound like it's part of a broader economic damage than something more specific to Tesla, whereas in the end, perhaps it is something that is more specific to Tesla than the broader economy. Or it could also be a combination of both. It could be, of course, that we are seeing an economic slowdown with higher interest rates and you know, fewer investments and so forth all across society. And it could also be something that will impact Tesla disproportionately. So uh, this is the big mystery about the canary is in the coal mine. And we mm. are seeing this canary react. And this was a big piece of uh, the puzzle that we was just put on the table. But we don't have the full picture yet. What about the chip crisis in general? Do, we, do you still think it's going to start to relieve itself in the fall? You know, I think some automakers are starting to point to a relief coming here toward the back half of the year in October or so. Uh, I'm hearing that some other automakers also think it'll be a little bit later than that. I've just spoke today, in fact, with one of the largest in the world who thinks that, no, they, you know, it's going to be into the springtime next year, maybe. Uh, so I think some automakers will start to see relief from this a little earlier, but some will take a little longer. But uh, it's at, the, at least here, Nick, it's good to know that they're, they're, they, 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 they do see some light at the end of the tunnel there. We can argue whether some will see the, the ship turning around in October this year and others closer to April of next year. But I think that the fact that they are, any one of these companies are now um, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel, whether you know just five months out or more like 10 months out, I think is a positive. And then if you probably want a new car, the, the good thing is you should probably order it now for a six-month delivery. You definitely should, but we could be sitting here um, one year from now, Nick, one year from now, and the world could look very different that even if production will not have uh, returned to the pre-2021 levels, uh, that uh, simply demand could have fallen out of bed, higher interest rates, a severely hurt consumer. Right. Uh, those things could set in very quickly. And right. the lead here is, of course, the real estate market, where you've seen a huge turn in just the last 30 to 60 days. Right. This market, That market has come to a huge halt, yeah. and uh, yeah. that will have yeah. repercussions yeah. into yeah. the automotive industry. Yeah. Anton Wallen, independent analyst and investor. You can read his stuff at the street or seeking out. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.